Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome in Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. It is your honor and pleasure that I have decided to do one hour of midday when I am an HD2 radio star. <laughs> Thanks, Jackson. Everyone Jackson's should. like a laugh track. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it, too. Uh, yeah. People should be honored that they get to hear. That's what I said. That's what I said. But I think if it's coming from me, it might come off as arrogant. Right, right. Uh, what a show we have today. The Colonel is going to be with us at 10-15. Jackson's excited about Missouri's uniforms. White pant, white jersey, Ooh. white helmet, black tiger script, and gold face mask. Yeah. The number, for whatever reason, was surprisingly low for many people's opinions. When it came out, South Carolina, now number 25 in the country after beating Texas A&M and after winning at Kentucky. Uh, and now it is down to South Carolina minus three and a half. Wow. God, and uh, somebody texted into TMA this morning saying Todd Furman on his best bet show said Missouri plus the three and a half is the best bet this weekend in football. Missouri. Not, not taking South Carolina, taking Missouri. So Jackson, get ready. For an upset tomorrow, even though I guess at three and a half points, it's not that big of an upset. Right. But, I mean, a road conference win would be incredible. We always say, Mizzou loses a game, you think they're going to win, and they win a game, you think they're going to lose. This could be that game. I guess Kentucky might be the other opportunity. Tennessee is going to be a that's gonna be a, it's a 50-foot putt. Yeah, that one's going to be tough. Uh, so the Colonel will be with us at 10-15, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And uh, Adam Wainwright. On uh, just now, well, not just now, but in the 9 o'clock hour with Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, and Matt Rocchio. And we have some clips from there. I, my, I haven't heard the audio because I was down there dazzling the millions and millions on TMA. But uh, I'm anxious to hear it because I'm told that there may have been a tell regarding the Nolan Arenado situation. Mm. We'll have that coming up for you at 1030. You're always welcome to get involved in the program uh, here by texting in 65780 or a 101 ESPN mic drop. And uh, you are uh, welcome to leave that. Stephen Wildwood is active on that feature. Yeah. yeah he got but dumped. other friends are welcome. Of course. Of course. We, we invite everyone to get involved. Well, on Fridays, though, the thing that everybody tunes in for is the still unsponsored, stunningly so, candidly, Lil Piddle's six shooter. Pew, 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 pew. I mean, I, we're not even going to talk about what took place in Nashville last night? I mean, the six shooter? No, no, no. Well, see, the six shooter was written before the game was played. Therefore, I could not. Uh, well, did you expect me to do that? Water was just thrown across at the like ten At 10 p.m., I was tucked in bed. Like a, like, a, like a little boy. 
I was just tucked all up in bed, real comfy like. I mean, it's what the people are talking about, it's what the people are angry about, it's what the people are concerned about. Do we have a problem here? And I'm not talking about you and your lack of commitment to the craft by being tucked in, as you said, like a little boy. <laughs> I'm talking about the blues. We started this week talking about the possibility of going 82-0 and 0 and right. being up there with the 2002 Red Wings. Right. I was bullish on it. And now, got some injuries, got some scoring problems. As Tori Krug said after the game, I think we're cognizant of the fact that we are not scoring five-on-five five goals, so we might be doing some things a little aggressively that turn into irresponsibility, that turns into opposition goals. And now you sit there and go, oh boy, is this going to be a situation? Yeah, you know, Grice last night... He was making saves, but he wasn't corralling them. I would say spilling it back out onto the ice and allowing for easy second-chance goals. And uh, the way it played out, I mean, I guess you could say it's kind of like the Winnipeg game in that the score wasn't indicative of how close the game was. Right. But here's the big issue, and this goes back to a win on Saturday when they won in Edmonton, the goal scoring. And what did I say yesterday? We're going to have a smorgasbord of goals. Mm-hmm. And there's Robert Thomas, like a minute 13 in. And I thought, here we go. We're going to correct all the wrongs with giving the people Jacksonville minus three against the (laughs) New York Giants. And then they wind up with two goals, one more goal in the remaining 59 minutes. The overhit, courtesy of the Predators. Right. So I guess we backdoored it if you bet the over. But we didn't want you to do that. Right. Take the Blues. The Blues team total. Right. Well, you know, the scoring issues hopefully get righted, but, you know, they're getting opportunities. It just doesn't seem like they're finishing much. And I don't know. Still a lot to be said. Still a lot to be said. I don't know. You can never go wrong that. with saying it. Or you can say something like, well, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yep. Can never go wrong with that. Uh, what is not interesting to see how it plays out is the Lil Piddle Six Shooter. I, 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 you know, that was. I want me to read them. I got them up. Oh, you're go you're going to read your own questions. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. I for the first ten, we're approaching eleven months of this show. Shipping the over. Yeah. The over time. was set at a month and a half. Yep. And some people are still on the under. Yep. Uh I, you've never read the questions that you send over. So this is a this is a benchmark moment for the program. All right, go ahead. I'm a heavy hitter to start out. Right at this very moment, what do you think the approval ratings for the Cardinals and the Blues are respectively? I'm always going to say the Blues is higher than the Cardinals unless the Cardinals win a World Series, and even then it might not work. <laughs> um, let's see. Blues approval rating. Boy, at this very moment, that's, yeah, that's the thing. The, that's you kind of can go Mike Brink, Greenberg, prisoner of the moment. Uh, the Blues, I would say, is 65%. Yeah, I'd, I'd go 55%. Okay. And then the Cardinals, hmm, that's interesting. I'm going to go 55% on the Cardinals. I'm the same way. I think it's dead 55, heat. 55-55. Yeah, I think 50-55. coming off that presser, saying they're going to be spending more money, re-signing Wayno, Jeff Albert not being a part of the team anymore, I think the Cardinals' approval rating is through the roof like, relatively to what they were. With sticks, if the Cardinals would have just been beaten badly by the Phillies in both games, I think it would have been, as weird as this might sound, better mm-hmm. for fans' perception of the team than the way that it went down with what unfortunately went down strategically with the Helsley situation and then just absolutely no offense in either game. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I think that leaves a bad taste in fans' mouth. On what was, I can't I can't do revisionist history here. It was a hell of a year. It wasn't a hell of a year like in the Gussie Bush term in 1985. Right. We had a heck of a year. But uh, 
because that team was a 100-win team and an incredible team. But this year, with all that went on, and Pools and the 700 home runs and probably Goldschmidt with an MVP, it was pretty damn special. Plus the surge they made in August, and they did go out and pick up two pitchers after trade deadline deals that were not exactly inspiring or just no deals at all. So, um, But the way it ended, I think, lowers that approval rating. So I'm going to go 55% Cardinals, 65% Blues. Next question, please. Who do you like to win the World Series? I have very little interest in it, to be transparent with the audience. Uh, and it, it shows how confident baseball is in its product that it sets it up to be on Friday and Saturday nights so as to just avoid the NFL at all. Big time. I mean, yeah, it's, it's nothing screams subservient more than that. <laughs> the two worst nights to put television programs on, Friday and Saturday night. Right. This has nothing to do with my opinion. This is data-driven, and that's where they start the World Series. But they don't want to go up on Sunday. Can't start on Sunday, yeah. So, um I'll go with I'll go with the Astros and the reason being I'm not sold on the Philadelphia offense. I'll go Phillies. I like the Just to just to be Colin Cowherd and go contrarian. Team's red hot. I like a hot team. Would you like to place a twenty dollar yeah, wager? I would. On it? I would. Wow. Yeah. Great. Another booking. There we go. You want to Venmo it now? Just to <laughs> just to beat the holiday <laughs> rush? Put in that scrow. Um all right. Will Mizzou cover the three and a half spread for South Carolina? I cannot figure out what is going on. Yeah. Now I'll go into a little more wagering theory and an explanation when I talk it over with the colonel, who will probably react in a combination of stunned boredom when he hears my reasoning for this spread because he doesn't monitor this stuff like I do. He might go, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think of it that way. Um, but because of that, if I have to place a wager on it, I don't like to bet on Missouri sports because I don't want to allow emotions to get into the side of business decisions, I would take Missouri in the three and a half. If you don't mind, I'd like to buy a half point and have it at minus 120 and get four. Thank you. All right. 20 to 16 is live. Yeah, that's very true. Low scoring. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz says he'd be interested in the idea of not calling plays next season. Your thoughts? Great. I think that is showing an evolution of a head coach going from very confident without much at this particular moment to be confident about outside of perhaps his own belief in himself to saying, okay, maybe I was wrong and I need to change. So God bless him. Good for him. Agreed. Agreed. All right, that's uh, we got four bullets down. This six years flying by. Uh, Russell Wilson was reportedly doing high knees on the plane to London while his teammates slept. Thoughts? Uh, that would be odd if I were sleeping um, and was disturbed while flying over the Atlantic and saw anyone doing high knees in the aisle. I'd be. I wonder. What I think I'd be irritated at first, and then I'd be like, "What is this, mother?" Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the day that I found out he was doing that, I've had a bad couple days on Twitter before that, and then coming back to see Russell Wilson and people just roasting him on Twitter was really, really funny. It's super odd, but he's kind of like, that's kind of his thing, is like kind of being that like, not look at me, but the Youngs would call him a hardo. The Youngs would call him a hardo. Yeah, someone who's really into like, you know, I'm going to do everything possible to make, myself the best and you know the record certainly doesn't show that but you know i thought it was how funny. vince vaughn felt about sean astin and rudy hmm yeah but rudy wasn't making 250 million a year 
or not a year, but he didn't sign a $250 million contract. Favorite NFL or college football bet for this weekend? It's square AF, but I'm going Ole Miss minus one and a half at Texas A&M. Sometimes things are as bad as they appear to be. Yeah. And this line is confusing to me. Texas A&M, dumpster fire. And they're on top of it, they're dealing with injuries. Right. And, you know, like last night, Tampa had a bunch of guys in their secondary out, and eventually it worked to Baltimore's advantage without Baltimore having Mark Andrews for the majority of that game. Bateman eventually out, and uh, Gus Edwards eventually out. And that wound up not being a big factor because they were able to go in directions with, with Demarcus Robinson and Isaiah Lively. Yeah. Uh, because you had a, a weakened team, and Texas A&M's offensive line is a mess, and the program at this point is spiraling. Ole Miss minus one and a half. Uh, I like uh, Buffalo minus eleven and a half. Don't be scared of that number. They're gonna smoke Green Bay this wow. weekend. Wow, you don't, don't think it's bounce back season? No, don't be scared. And I got a bonus Halloween bullet here for the six year. This is gonna have to do something with the association. No, it's not actually. So I want your favorite Halloween candy and your favorite costume you wore as a kid. Uh, I dressed up as Chewbacca in like 82, scary as the Dickens. Uh, I see a picture of it, and I'm like in character like Daniel Day-Lewis. Doing the noises. Just a, just a, just a hideous little nerd. <laughs> and my favorite Halloween candy uh, is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Nice. Which apparently I would be in a heated dispute with Alexa Dad over. I understand she's not a fan of that. Really? Well, I'm a big fan of those. Uh, I was a ninja once, mm-hmm. and it was a really cool costume. I still wish I had it. I'd still go as it. Yeah, you got to walk in here on Monday with that. Yeah, or, or Buzz Lightyear. I was a good Buzz Lightyear. And then fi- favorite Halloween candy... People won't like this, but I like Almond Joy. I'm into the Almond Joys. 65780, your thoughts on that? It's not going to play well. You're exactly right. The seven shooter. Yeah, that was a a rare seven shooter. Yeah, I think people are going to be really excited. Sponsors lining up once they hear the seven shooter. All right, coming up next, the Colonel, Gabriel P.D. Armand. I might have to ask him about uniforms, which might end the call early. So if I'm going to do it, I'll do it at the very end. Good call. Colonel does not like the uniform unveilings. (laughs) He calls them the outfits are up. (laughs) can't but he's sitting there going what did i do the biggest thing that goes on each week for this college football team in the sec i cover is when they unveil their uniforms um and then see what his thoughts are on my theory as to why the spread is going in missouri's direction and all the money is going on missouri yeah. at this moment unless yep. this is a move where they lower the spread to hammer it and move it back right before kickoff uh that's coming up next plus adam wainwright on the opening drive and how he may have given away what Nolan Arenado is going to do. We'll see what you think. That's coming up at about 10.35. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to talk Tigers football with Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton State Farm. James Carlton will donate $20 to the Mizzou NIL Collective for every quote they give you when you say 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. And it is our pleasure as he joins us every Friday to be welcoming the Colonel Gabriel P.D. Armand. Presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Good morning, Colonel. How you doing, Tim? What's up, man? Jackson told me you sounded chipper this morning. So that eight number one, stunning, candidly, um, but thrilled. To- <laughs> <laughs> 
but 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 thrilled to hear it, which means I'm not going to uh, lose you early in our conversation by bringing up the outfits and the white on white on white, and I'll save that for the very end, and then that way you can just hang up. Perfect. Yep, that's that. that we kind of we strategized this. <laughs> this is actually the first time I've known what they were wearing this weekend. So uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, now it's it's you were you were locked in yesterday. <laughs> but, Missouri got a commitment yesterday, and there were more comments on the uniforms than the commitment <laughs> on our site. So clearly I'm in touch with what the people want to know. Uh, it's the same way in Tuscaloosa and Athens. So let me ask you this, Colonel. Uh, when, when the number came out for tomorrow's 3 p.m. kickoff in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, people were surprised, I think, that uh, South Carolina was only a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Since then, and you might not be aware of this also, since you're covering a wide variety of things uh, outside of uh, spreads and uniforms, that the number is now down to three-and-a-half. South Carolina is only favored by three-and-a-half, so it's actually moved more in the favor of Missouri. And, and Jackson, who monitors these markets, like Sam Ace Rothstein, says that the money and the volume of bets is on Missouri. And Todd Furman, who does a gambling show, uh, he says the best bet of the weekend is Missouri. Um, So you, of course, covering the Tigers and also know a good deal about South Carolina. What is your thought on this? I mean, I'm not – a lot of people were surprised at the line. And it's funny, every time a a line comes out, Missouri fans are the first one to say, well, that's not nearly enough. Put your mortgage on the other team. You know, but Missouri has played four SEC games, and they've all been within a touchdown. Why wouldn't it be? uh, You know, why wouldn't it be a pretty low number? Missouri plays close games. Um, And so I fully expect this game to be close. The other thing is, these are the same teams. I I mean, for all the, you know, uh, angst about Brady Cook and Missouri's offense, Brady Cook's having a better year than Spencer Rattler. Right. 14 months ago, the Heisman favorite at a different school. Right, right. Missouri is as good offensively as South Carolina, and they're better defensively. The numbers, you look at the numbers and you would say, this is an even game, maybe with a slight edge to Missouri. Um, Now, the difference is South Carolina has found a way to win games. Missouri's found a way to lose them. So you can look at that one of two ways. Either South Carolina's been lucky and Missouri hasn't, or good teams or better teams find a way to come out on the good side of those things and bad teams find a way to come out on the bad side. I I don't know which one is true, but we might get a little bit of an answer tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, what Furman's premise is, and I think some people could certainly make this case specific to the Auburn game, is Missouri has been unlucky. And on the other side of things, one could make a case with some of the fluky things that happen with South Carolina uh, and A&M that South Carolina has been on the good side. And not playing Will Levis. Yes, and then, and, then go, and then going back to the Kentucky game, I guess it'll be three weeks ago tomorrow that they didn't deal with Will Levis in Kentucky. So from that standpoint, the premise being, and this is where I was going to go with my master's thesis when we talked about it, that South Carolina's perception nationally, and perhaps with their fans, is overvalued from what their real reality is, and Missouri's actual caliber is lower, specifically with their fans, but then perhaps nationally, and that is why sharp gamblers are looking at Missouri as a great value this weekend. Yeah, and and I understand that point of view, and it might be right. My concern about it is, Missouri's best win is, I don't know, either Vanderbilt or Louisiana Tech. I don't know which one of those teams is better. Um, Every time they've played somebody that's like even 
mediocre, they've managed to lose the game. And, yes, it was bad luck against Auburn to some extent. Um, but when it, when it happens over, when you continue to lose these games, the idea that it's just bad luck is a little bit, you know, blown out of the water to me. Um, because in the end, all anybody cares about is did you win the game or did you lose the game? And, and South Carolina's won them for the most part, and Missouri hasn't. So much of what will take place to, from my standpoint, and if you look at the the number, the, the the total is 46, which therefore, when you do the math backwards from the total, yeah, I, that's what I was about to say. That means that they're looking at about a 25 to 22 or 24 to 21 in that range game if the spread is three, three and a half, and the total is at that point. And I certainly could see Missouri win this game, no question about it. But I just have a tough time seeing that offense put up those points. And that's where we get into the conversation about the offense. And I know there's a lot of attention on the quarterback. And I want to ask your opinion on on what we could possibly see tomorrow there. But also the offensive line and uh, what Eli Drinkwitz had to say about the Missouri offense, both with health and what he plans to do this Saturday uh, across the board offensively. Yeah, they they seem to be, I think, pretty healthy at this point. I mean, Hyron White's not playing, but he hasn't played all year. Mm -hmm. Chance Looper's not playing, but he hasn't played all year. So I think everybody that could be available is available so far as I know. And they just – Missouri's got two problems. One, they just aren't consistent enough to, like, put together a long drive, right? I mean – somewhere in a 12-play drive, they're going to make a mistake that kills them, whether it's a penalty, a turnover, whatever it might be. The other problem about Missouri is, and I've said this a number of times, it's almost like they say, okay, what's the one thing we can't do here on offense? Okay, let's go do that thing. You know, whether it's Brady Cook sacked at the two or Nate Pete fumbling at the 20 or a penalty on first and goal from the one, it's not just that they've made mistakes. It's that they've come in such crippling times that they're like seven point, ten point swings in games a lot of the times. And I mean, there's a difference between a drop pass on second and seven and a drop pass on third and three uh, at the 15 yard line, yeah. you know, and Missouri seems to be doing a lot of the latter. So with, with, with regards to what Drinkwitz had to say that I think caught a lot of people's attention this week about how he's kind of looking inward with regards to improving the situation offensively and perhaps handing the reins over to play calling uh, next year. Number one, uh, you I know are, are there, so you have a better idea of what's going on in the context on the question and then the answer. Uh, and then also your opinion on, on that and what Drinkwitz had to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, and credit to Dave Matter for asking the question because people have wanted it asked for a while, and I just said my answer has been, guys, this isn't something that's going to happen during the season, so I, I don't know that it's a question that needs to be asked till the end of the year. Dave said, you know, could you see yourself being a head coach who didn't call plays? And and Drinkwood said, yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's something that that we could look at, and uh, we're not going to look at it till the end of the year. And and he, I thought the best thing he said was. This is a situation I've created, so it's my job to fix it. And the the concerning thing to me isn't just that this offense isn't good. It's that he hasn't had a good offense in three years, and each one has gotten progressively worse. Because if you look at it, you know, year one, Connor Bazelak was 
he was okay. He wasn't great, but he was decent. And they, when they got inside the five-yard line, they knew if they handed Larry Roundtree the ball enough times, they were going to score. Then last year, he had a running back that set a school record in, in rushing yards and almost nothing else. Well, this year's offense is basically last year's offense without Tyler Beatty. And, you know, there are a number of ways you can go with it. Uh, number one, Drinkwitz is supposed to be an offensive guy and his side of the ball. I mean, the only side of the ball that's good is one that, honestly, he's not super involved with. Uh, number two, you know, Tyler Beatty and Larry Roundtree were here when he got here. And he inherited them. And mm-hmm. now, without those guys, they're worse. And then number three to me, and this is the big concern is, it's early to say this, but next year it won't be early to say this. These recruiting classes that have had all these four and five stars, they've got to get on the field. I mean, if this team is this bad and these guys like Tavoris Jones and Sam Horn and some of these other guys aren't able to beat these guys out, what does that say? Now, it's their first year in the program, so like I said, it's probably a little early to make that judgment, but next year those guys have to play. Colonel, final question for you. Um, is it all Brady Cook all day tomorrow, or do you think there's any chance that we will see someone else? I mean, if you didn't play him last week against Vanderbilt, I don't see a scenario where you're playing him, playing Sam Horn this week. Um, and I think the general belief is, while Brady Cook might not be a great option right now, he's a better option than Jack Abraham. So I think the only reason you'd see somebody else at quarterback tomorrow is probably health. Now, I, the flip side is, what if tomorrow's the day the dam finally breaks on the defense? And like, yeah. what if this is a 7-3 game at halftime and the defense finally just, not consciously, but just we can't keep doing this every week, right? And then South Carolina scores 21 points in the third quarter. You're down 28-3 in the fourth. By all means, throw Sam Horn out there because you've got to get him on the field sometime. And I don't care if that means when you're up by four touchdowns or down by four touchdowns, but you've got to give the kids some live action at some point. So, I mean, I don't see Missouri necessarily being in a position to be in a blowout and play, blowout victory and playing Sam Horn in the fourth quarter. So I think the only way you see somebody besides Brady is probably not a real good scenario for Missouri. There it is. Gabe DeArmond. Read more coverage at PowerMizzou.com. Follow him on Twitter at PowerMizzou. The Colonel every Friday here on Balloon Party and every Monday on TMA. Brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Thank you, Colonel. Have a wonderful weekend, kind sir. Same, guys. We'll talk to you next week. There he is. Gabe DeArmond with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. And he's brought to you by James Carlton. On the other side of our commercial break, we will talk it over regarding Adam Wainwright's comments to Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, Matt Rocchio on the opening drive about a variety of topics, but specifically Nolan Arnato. That's coming up next in a matter of moments here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you here. We welcome you to get involved. 65780 or leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. It's your comfort service text line. Adam Wainwright announced he's returning for 2023 on Wednesday and today. 
this morning. He joined Randy Carricker, Carrie Davis, and Matt Rocchio on the opening drive. Jackson, we have some clips here, including, I can't wait to hear the Noren Arenado one. Uh, what do we have here? What do you have? What do you have? Uh, just uh, Wayne, I'm talking about some cool things that could happen in his in his final All season. Right. Take and, a listen. Uh, well, that, that played a big part in it. I, I didn't go out like I wanted to. Um, but, you know, at some point, everything's got to end. But I just feel like, you know, there's everything was pointing towards one more. Um, family was pointing towards one more. And you know, there's a lot of things just very close on the horizon that, that are reachable that uh, would be would be cool and fun for me to attain. Uh, this is, you know, I just got some things left to do. But, um, you know, it's been a couple of years since we won a World Series, and that's the main thing I'm coming back for. There it is, Adam Wainwright. Uh, what the, he talked about, the, what, the diagnosis of the, the reason why he was having issues at the end of the season with the stride? Is that correct, Jackson? Yeah, he talks about the moment where he realized that his stride was too short. Oh, that's never been what's caused things. You know what I mean? Like the front side, my front arm might pull too hard sometimes, or my head might get off track, and I have these simple keys to get out of those. The very first time when I went to the bullpen and I said, let me just, let me just double check this straddling. And so this is the problem. This was my problem, Randy, because I would have normally checked this right away. And for, I don't know what happened, man. I think it was uh, my mind was blocked so that I would come back this year. So I don't know what ha- I don't know how I didn't check this sooner. But as soon as I went to check and see if my heel was flying open too fast on my, on my landing leg, uh, my foot hit the ground. And I went, holy crap, man, it's way short. It's not just a little short. It's way short. You know, my foot hit the ground. I was opening my, my foot, which was causing my, hook to, my, my hip to open way earlier, uh, in order to land shorter and get the timing. My arm knows it, knows it was late. My body reacted to that. It was just a mess, Randy. That was just a, I don't know what else to tell you besides it was a mess. That's Adam Wainwright explaining why September was so rough and uh, how he figured it out. Uh, what's next, Jackson? He talks about he took a thousand reps trying to get right. Honestly, it took me probably a thousand reps in front of the mirror. Uh, and probably I worked on it 45 minutes in a row when we were in Milwaukee. Um, one of my last couple starts, I'm going, something's not right, man. What is it? What is it? And I went down there and I started landing and I figured out. That we figured out that it was short. We just didn't know how much it was short until we started looking at the extension numbers. We started measuring it uh, down the mound. And I went down there and I worked 45 straight minutes on just getting down the mound over and over and over again, landing in the right spot, landing in the right spot, landing in the right spot. But then, you know, it doesn't just happen overnight where everything else just sinks right in. It took me a thousand reps in front of the mirror to lock that back in. And, and as, as the season ended, you know, I was getting locked back in bad timing or whatever, but you know, either way, we didn't score uh, enough runs to win those games really anyway. So I don't feel terrible about it except for the fact that knowing that uh, I wasn't able to compete and that it just rubs me wrong that I was the reason that I wasn't able to compete because I, I didn't perform at a level that I deserved to compete down the stretch, and that, that made me so mad. Adam Wainwright talking about uh, how he got it right. would have been interesting because he said this right after they lost game two. He was preparing to close game two out. Helsley was not going to be available and had the Cardinals come back. Uh, he was expecting to be the guy to close it out, just like 2006. Uh, and what do we have uh, here, Action Jackson? This is the, this is Arenado. the, the Arenado clip. All right. I've talked to Nolan. Yeah, we talked a little bit. I mean, I don't, you know, that, that kind of business is, is his to share. I, I think we'll see him back. But, I, you know, if that was the case or wasn't the case, that's news that he needs to break, not me. But 
we loved having him as a teammate, and he's a special talent, man. There's only there's only one of him in the world, so uh, we we sure hope he comes back. Huh. Now there there is there's there's polarizing reaction to that soundbite. Hmm. Uh, some people heard that and thought it meant he's coming back. Right. Some people heard it and thought it meant he wasn't coming back. I'd like to play it again, and I am now going to perform audio forensics live on 101 ESPN. What a Halloween treat for everyone. Yep. I've talked to Nolan. Yeah, we talked a little bit. I mean, I don't – you know, that, that kind of business is, is his to share. I, I think we'll see him back. But, I, you know, if that was the case or wasn't the case, that's news that he needs to break, not me. But we love having him as a teammate, and he's a special talent, man. There's only, there's only one of him in the world, so – uh, we we sure hope he comes back. All right, my audio forensics are complete. Jackson, what is your verdict? Uh, that he will be coming back. I agree with you. Yeah. And Adam is confident, or quote unquote, knows it, and then didn't want to make the announcement when he was asked what he knows because it's Nolan Arenado's to Place reveal. To right. Right. So, in saying that kind of revealed it, my opinion, even though I know it wasn't the intention. And my belief is, as I think I said on this show yesterday, that uh, John Mazalek flew out there on Monday and they talked, probably worked out what I would guess another year or two on the deal. So he, by definition, opted out, but the Cardinals locked him in for an extended deal. And Nolan Arnato uh, wanted to know what the Cardinals were going to do with these additional resources they have to make sure that they are a championship contender because he has had enough of what he has seen surrounding him in the lineup, minus his cohort on the other uh, infield corner. That is my assessment. There is my combination of audio forensics and master's thesis on Nolan Arenado. Jackson, thoughts, question mark, concerns, question Uh, mark? No concerns. You know, I kind of felt like, they asked him, and he immediately felt like, "Oh boy, like how am I? How can I field this kind of?" Because I'm with you. I think he knows the answer, um, but you know, he kind of said, "You know, I think he'll be back." But then he also kind of has to to not announce it. Say like, "But that's on Nolan." You know, it's up to him to denounce it. Like we love him. And baseball discourages teams from announcing things during the World Series. Cardinals Absolutely. got a special exemption for the Shield deal last year, right? Exactly. Which speaks to how volatile that situation was. Right. If they had to get an exemption for it, yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I think everybody in St. Louis is like, yeah, we like, because everything changes if Nolan Arnado comes back, doesn't come back. Everything. 100%. Everything changes. So that's my read. Yeah. That's my read. I'm with you. And I think he is saying, okay, you're going to tell me you're going to spend money. I told the fans you're going to spend What are you going to do? Who are you targeting? Right. right. And then get his opinion on that. Yeah. Yep. So I think he is using his situation, which from my standpoint is actually selfless, as leverage Certainly, he's going to get more money. God bless. That's right. business. Right. Um, but he's using it for the betterment of the team. You're going to spend more money. I need to know what you're targeting, who you're targeting, and and how it's going to impact this team. Because, you know, I'm 31, and the reality is, baseball years-wise, I may, if I'm lucky, have seven more seasons. Yeah, that'd be a lot. And that's high. Yeah. Realistically, it's likely less. Yeah. And Paul Goldschmidt has a handful, likely. Right. He'll be at 36 uh, next September. And, you know, we got a 
we got to take our best shot at this thing. Absolutely. So what are we going to do? Because the offense is just not working out. So there you go. That's my. That's what I believe is going on, which I like. Yeah, I like it. You got Arnold back, and he, here's a guy who cares so much about winning that he's, again, this is operating on the premise that this is what's going on, but he wanted to know what's going on, which is why John Mazzella flew out there. I think he flies out there if they're not going to sit down and work something out. Agreed. That is my premise. Agreed. That can you sit either. down across from somebody, most of the time, the, the parties are interested in getting a deal done, otherwise they wouldn't sit across from each other. And then once you do sit across from each other, then it increases the probability of getting a deal. But what are your thoughts? What are your audio forensics uh, after you hear Nolan Arnada? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yeah. What are your Halloween plans? What's going on with you? I'm living vicariously through the most eligible 24-year-old bachelor in St. Louis. What's yeah. going on with you? You know, Halloween... Because I'm going to be dressed up as the Headless Horseman. Mm, lots <laughs> Oh, you mother. I can't believe it. I assume Ryder dropped out of that. And maybe no, just I, cut transmission. I, just... I heard it, and I, I heard it, and you can deny it all you want. It's unbelievable that you said Because the, the Headless Horseman carries his head around, and I have no, to I think, heard it. you're going to get like a lopsided volleyball or something. <laughs> The disappointment on Ryder's face too. This might be this might be your swan song, and you're going to be whacked, and I'm going to go. I knew nothing about it. Oh, it was a wonderful run. And then um, somebody's going to stand in my living room, and like Hyman Roth, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make a little speech. And you'll be shirtless, of course, just like Hyman sh- Roth. I will be. Put a shirt on for the scene, Hyman. Yeah, it didn't make much. At least Strasburg. My weekend, my Halloween plans. Halloween used to be in college was like the thing. We would have like four nights in a row you, you wear a costume and hang out. But now I'll just probably end up in Sular on Saturday night hanging out. Won't be in a costume. It'll just be another. I noticed you say costume. Costume, yeah. Bangles. Bangles, uh, costume. Yeah. I don't really have like a co- I don't. I don't want to go buy a costume, honestly. I just kind of. Can you say costume? Do you want to say costume? Maybe this is your way to say I'm a little more elegant than you, so I'm going to say costume. Cost like Gwyneth Paltrow and Madonna all of a sudden are British. You now, for whatever reason, let let us know you're wealthy by saying costume. costume. Yeah, uh, costume. Am I saying what am I saying? What's how is it supposed to be? I think if a ca. Uh-huh. That's the that's that's got the emphasis at the first syllable. Yeah. Stoom. Costume. Nice. I don't like that. Costume. Well, because now you're one of the proletariats, and you don't like that. You're one of the ruling class. You're one of the nobles, and I'm William Wallace out here. Yeah, I'm a serf. Uh, costume. Nope, still can't do it. What about Bengals? Let's work on that. Taking bangles. on the Browns. Nope. That's Susanna Haas Band. Bengals? There you go. That sounds awful. Well, I mean, that's their name. I can't do anything about it. You're going to have to take it you up with try. the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, you can try changing it up. Uh, Almond Joy, boy, no wonder we get NBA highlights daily. It's from the 314. I thought you said people were on board with your Almond Joy I play. I got, I got a lot of people saying that they what enjoy I'm the seeing. Almond Joys. Uh, Tim, it's Ledoux talk. Us common folks don't get it. That's from the 314. That's right. Uh, as far as analyzing Adam Wainwright's audio forensics from the interview with uh, Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, and Matt Rocchio on the opening drive, if Adam said, I wish or I hope or I want him to come back instead of I think he's coming back, I'd be worried he wasn't. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, to me, the biggest giveaway was it's not my news to, to right. break, but right. I've talked to him and I think he's coming back. And then he kind of, I think, caught himself going, oh, I shouldn't you know, go too far. Because right. Adam, when Adam is comfortable doing an interview, he is one of the best interviews going. 
And then there are times, one time at the picnic table at spring training, where he didn't really want to do it. Well, actually, probably every time he's been <laughs> at the picnic table at spring training on TMA. Right. But then he brought his tough pals, Matt Holiday and Lance Lynn, to scare us and intimidate his us. His muscle. His muscle. <laughs> and then we just folded under pressure. Absolutely folded under pressure. Uh, and uh, said, oh, so who's big for you fellas this year? <laughs> And then Matt Holiday slapped the ball out of the Plowhawks' hands when he stunningly asked for an autograph. Like Fly the, Iggy. <laughs> for, for Iggy, like, like an official handling the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Right. The Kimmin Carolina game. Almond Joy is trash, B. That's from Big Don Johnson. I'm going to double down. I also like Mounds Bars. Yeah, one and the same, aren't they? Uh, Mounds Bar is dark chocolate with no almond. Almond Joy is milk chocolate, of course, with almond. And what about some coconut? Uh, both have coconut. I believe the only tell from Wayno is that he knows, but what Arnado actually is going to do was not driven either way by Wainwright, 50-50 if he stays. I don't want to do this. Oh, predictionary season. But i am got to put it, he's coming back. All right. Predictionary. It's being entered right now as we speak. And, and what is my record? My, I feel like my rec- record is a moving target, and you really don't know, and there's not a notebook, but you look down and act like you have a notebook. See my notes app. Let's t- I'm going to count it out for the folks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We're correct. Of course. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're incorrect. Mm, twelve and seven. Twelve and seven. But we're gonna it's throw this bad. one. And there's still, uh, I got you. Actually, you'd be kind of parlaying it because you have Arenado opting in, combined with Tarasenko being traded. Well, I already lost that. Well, did, did we say before the season? Or yeah, I got, I got I, All right. This is honesty and media, and I thought it was before the season. 12 and 8. I just didn't think they were going to let Perron go and then not do anything. Right, so, that was kind of... Um, I, I know oh, I, I probably sorry. got a lot of likes with that comment, but that's what I thought. 12 and 9. What's going on? How this, I was 12 and 7, and I just picked up two losses? Aaron Boone was not fired. They said he's going to keep him. You had Aaron Boone getting canned. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd replay that one, to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm, I'm surprised by that. I mean, I guess technically it's... I, Hal Steinbrenner did say that him and Cashman are sticking around, but... No, I think you got to count that as a loss. I yeah. mean, it's still a solid number, but it's not where we thought we were, nor is it what I was told I was just 40 seconds ago. <laughs> just picked so, up two it losses. Is a, it is a moving target. It is a moving target. I was right. All right. Tim, it made me in. feel like a possible extension hearing Adam Wainwright. That's from the 636. Yeah, I think, I think I'd be surprised if he would just opted in and did nothing else. Like I would agree. Yeah. Unless he said, oh, you're really talking about... I don't know, just throwing a name out here, not saying I think it's going to happen. Trey Turner, I don't know. Yeah, I don't... I'd, I'd be shocked if the Cardinals had that much money tied up in the infield, especially if you have Arnado there and you have Turner there, then where is Mason Wynn going? Right. So, I don't, I don't, I'd, I'd love it. I don't know. I, don't I, know bet, he, I bet he's more, I think if Arnado, he would just be like, can we get a, a big time hitting bat? I don't really care where it is. Like, the defense will take care of itself. Can we please get someone to hit behind me and Paul? Yes. And then, I don't know. I don't know what direction they're going to go. But, I, I mean, this. I'll say this, and maybe I'm off, and maybe somebody can, that's 1057, so I don't have a lot of time to get the field research. <laughs> but I don't recall John Mazalak just flat out saying on the front end of the offseason that they are raising payroll. Right. Now, it may have been the intent in the past, and then it didn't wind up working out. I love hearing it. 
I kind of expected it. And again, I cited Derek Gould's chat when he said the message around baseball wasn't that the Cardinals wouldn't part with Dylan Carlson. It was that they were willing to take on Juan Soto's salary for 2023, which told you what their budget was. Right. And so therefore, in my mind, I'm like, ah, now that Derek points that out, he's exactly right. They're willing to take on more. So then the question becomes, who would it be? Would you be excited about Aaron Judge? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be thrilled. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, he is a a guy who has been, you know, in New York, and he's not as young as people might think he is. He's 30. Is he not 31? But to have a dynamic power hitter like that, in St. Louis, oh my goodness! How could you be? How could you be anything but excited? I mean, let's win. Let's win now. What are we waiting Look, for? Oh my God! All of a sudden, it turned into Herb Brooks. I mean, I it's always, kind of Kurt Russell's in that body and running around. We're here. just always so concerned about the, you know, well, you're going to be paying him for a long time. Am I thank you. That's, that's what I was trying to say in July. I was to say we got to trade no matter what for Juan Soto. My observation, which I continue to stand by, is how are the Blues, which I think, relatively speaking, to the Cardinals, their P and L isn't is healthy. Sure, that's what I'm trying to say. And yet the Blues are held to a higher standard to go out and get players than the Cardinals are. That's my observation. I stand by the observation. Now I'm mad. Yeah. Where's my water bottle to throw? I already threw it because you pissed it. me off earlier. <laughs> this isn't the way I want to go into the weekend, especially when I'm having to go out as a headless horseman. Uh, here, I'll, I'll, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to soothe the listeners with a tight song to finish this out. Well, what are we doing? It's Halloween. It's time to scare the pants off your friends. I'm just going to remotely log into the text inbox and read this all weekend after that. Have a wonderful Halloween, St. Louis. Wow. BK and Ferrario are up next. That was Jackson Burkett dazzling you with the lyrics of Acoustic Sessions, Halloween time. Time for us to shut it down, perhaps permanently. <laughs> yeah, this might be it. Uh, still covered the over, though. Yep. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.